Alright, so we're back at it again with another one. Back at the same location, different parking spot. This time I tried to park away from anywhere that people might possibly congregate. I'm way down here at the bottom of the hill. Not all the way at the bottom of the hill, but like at the point just before it starts the incline. I can see traffic going in and out of the park, but I'm not parking right next to the park, which would probably be the busiest part of it. I mean, you still do have some traffic, but it's not as much as before. So today we're going to go over a few different things, probably have some different sounds, traffic passing in and out, but we're going to make do with what we have. So we'll take a short break, a few more sips from the uh, coffee, and then we'll get to it. So what's interesting here is I'm just this will be the last little one hopefully what's interesting is just as I hit in well really before I hit end <laughs> out of nowhere people appeared with radios and dancing and coming out of the woodwork so I just have to uh, consent to the fact that I'm at a gym not a gym but a, a zoo well not a zoo but actually a park and people do frequent the park and as the water weather is getting warmer more people are showing up so that's kind of what we're stuck with you got a lot of people on foot you got people on bike you got people on car you got people on motorcycles smart cars cars with half for their front of it missing a lot of different different things going on but what we're going to talk about today is of course the weather maybe a little bit we'll touch on the situation that's going on with the world sure you guys have been paying attention to the news and looked at this whole situation that happened in Missouri if I'm not mistaken a young man was killed unlawfully in public and people are mad about it so people are protesting I'm not gonna say I don't have an opinion on it but I mean I just know that I mean it's this isn't the first incident that's occurred like that in this country um, and I always talk with my friends you know that are abroad and Sometimes they, they assume that uh, America is this great, you know, ball of wonder and the best place to go and, you know, how, what, the White House, the picket fence, the, the wife and 2.5 kids, the American dream. Maybe that was at one time for a lot of people, but for the people that live in America, that's really not the dream. That's just the basic standard. Because um, there are a lot of issues here. I mean, along with racism and all the inequalities, you got the government. Sure, the government looks great from the outside, but it's not the best in the world. I'm not going to say someone else's is the best in the world, but every country has its problems. Every society has its problems. Every education system has its problems. So what you're seeing on the news and the people are all in an uproar about... This is normal. This is typical. Protesting isn't going to change anything. I'll tell you what could change something. If, let's say we got a band of ex-police officers. Why ex-police officers? We need people that know the law inside and out. We need people that know the whole process, all the litigation and all these can and will be used against you stuff. We need, we need people that know the police investigation process just as well as the police that are actively implementing it. Um, and then we need lawyers. 
real lawyers, not lawyers that work for cops, lawyers that work for people. Now what these individuals need to do is they need to form some kind of union, some kind of form, but on a public board basically where everything they do, we get to see. The citizens that live here, we get to see. So there's nothing withheld. Like if they do an investigation, all the facts, everything's put out there for the people to see. Not concealed, not, oh, well, we lost the body cam footage, not, oh, well, we don't have the audio, or we can't release that, or all that little propaganda that they use to keep the uh, public, you know, in the dark. They paint the story they want you to see. If they don't want you to see the footage, you don't see the footage. You know, so I think if we had something like that, then these things wouldn't happen. So how would it work in play? So when the cops respond, they respond. So they would need pretty much an entire force, but it would need to start with its core members. Start small, let the message, let the mission grow, and then it becomes bigger. So let's say you're out there and some of the, especially start with some of these larger cities, you know, your New Yorks, your Chicago's, things like that. And a situation happens where an arrest is made, scanner goes off, everybody gets a call. Cops show up, and then this unit shows up. Now, this unit is there to police the police. They don't interfere with their investigation, but they police the police to make sure everything goes according to plan. Now, if they're sitting there and they see that the police are beating an individual, and this is not legal, which of course it isn't, but they're there with all the the legal back uh, and police expertise to say this is not legal, this shouldn't be happening, at that time, then they could intervene to police the police to keep the people safe. Because that's what has to happen at this point. I think the only thing that stopped the individuals from intervening in that instance, as in other instances, is the badge, the blue uniform. If that had been a regular man, Leaning on another man in the street, people would have been all over him. They would have pulled him off and said, hey, okay, you beat the guy up. Don't worry about it. But the guy's in handcuffs. He's on the ground. He's not a threat to you or anybody around you. And you kill the man in broad daylight for no reason other than your own selfish stupidity. Uh, yeah, you should be punished for it. Um, that's just like in school. If you see a bully beating on someone, then the next thing you know, one of the kids shows up and they help the, uh, the little kid getting punked. They stand in, they protect them. But nobody does that because they see somebody in uniform because they don't want to get arrested. So if we had some kind of force, task force or something like that, working for the people, which the police are supposed to be doing, working for the people, uh, I think we would have a better, a better shot. Now, let's just say an incident happens just like what's happened with this uh, young man where they get killed. Okay, well, let's look at the facts. Now, our task force wouldn't hide the information. They'd say, okay, this was used, uh, too much force here, this, this wasn't observed, this, this, all these checkpoints, so that we don't have to hear any more of this, um, oh, well, we got to go back and uh, review the files or we're conducting an investigation. There's no investigation to conduct. It's right there, broad, broad daylight. I mean, there's no explanation to explain killing somebody. But the other thing that happens and why the people get outraged is because the, they, they basically slap the cops on the wrist. Oh, you killed somebody wrongfully, so we're just going to slap you on the wrist, send you home 30 days, take your vacation, get your pay, 
play the Xbox, play with your kids, and you come back to work when this thing blows over. That's typically what they do. People aren't having that anymore. People are like, we need something to happen. Now, where the people went wrong is, you know, with all this looting and things like that. I mean, that doesn't do anything but cause more trouble. That just kind of defeats your whole message. I mean, you can't sit here and be like, uh, I'm a freedom fighter and all this stuff, and you're out here breaking the law. You got to know the law. See? So that's the thing. So people first need to get educated on the law. What is the law? What they can do? And then they'll know how to protect themselves. But sometimes things will happen. But when those things happen, they need to be handled accordingly. Not with some barbaric and primitive looting and rioting and throwing firebombs and destroying properties that have nothing to do with the event. You know, that's just ignorance. So you got two wrongs. One, the police killed a man and didn't do anything about it. What'd they say? What? Third degree murder? Being charged with third degree murder? So if I put somebody on the ground and, and kill them, they're going to say first degree murder. I mean, that's, that's I mean, not third degree murder. You know, standing there with a gun, badge, all that. I got the handcuffs. He's got my handcuffs on, all this stuff. He's not even threatened. I just kill a man for no reason. But like I said, that's just one isolated event. I mean, there, there's several. I mean, you got people just walking across the street, getting killed or trying to sell different things. And I mean, it just goes from a simple questioning to somebody dying. Goes from a simple respond to a, um, a disturbance call or domestic call to somebody getting shot and killed. And that's just where we're at. But what's going to happen is people are going to get tired of it. And they're going to say, you know what? We're just going to take out the cops. They're just going to start shooting the cops just like they shoot people. And then there's then, it, then it's over. Because once it happens in one state or one city or one incident, they're going to say, okay, everybody's packing heat. They got guns. We got guns. Okay, is he wrong? Is the guy wrong? Okay, if he's in the wrong, then yeah, do what you got to do. But if he's in the right, they're not going to let you kill him. They're going to kill you. I mean, that's just what it's come to. Because... I guess the powers that be aren't taking action, doing the right things. You got the powers that be on our side of town, you know, sending out tweets. You know, once the looting starts, the shooting starts. That's no kind of leadership. But this is the country we live in. So, yeah, it's not all candy roses and sweet daffodils. This is America. It's a completely different animal. So you either adapt or you get eaten. On that, we'll take a break. And so in other news, those of you that have been riding with me for a while know about my little dental situation a few months back, almost a year back. And I told you about that whole out-of-body experience I had with the dentist. Well, it looks like the dentist is again in my horizon. I've already been to the dentist twice since I've last spoken with you. Um, got a situation, so I'm either going to need a tooth removed or I am going to need another freaking root canal. I'm not looking forward to this, but my thing is, is the root canal going to save the tooth or is the tooth already too far gone? That I don't know, but at this time I know something needs to happen. I know what the, uh, the dentist did during those two visits isn't really that effective, didn't really hurt me or, or make me um, any better, but 
Wednesday I have an appointment. We're going to see what happens. They want to do a root canal, but my thing is I want 110% guaranteed that this root canal isn't going to turn into a, oh, well, let's just remove the tooth. Because if that's the case, why do I need to sit there and endure the pain? If that's the case, why do I need to sit there and pay you for something that's not going to work? Is this an effort or an attempt to, you know, on your part to try to get more money out of me? You know, rather than just pulling the tooth for $300 or something like that? That I don't know. But this is a conversation I'm going to have with the dentist. Just because I don't want to get jerked around. Just like I don't want my teeth getting jerked around if they don't need to be. What else is going on? Money. Money is a good topic. I'm going to take, take a sip to that one. Hold on. Money is a good topic. Um, I've been rolling around some figures. As you guys know, I've been looking at some investments and trying to expand my financial horizons, looking at percentages and things like that. So if I remember my math correctly, I'm going to share a little bit of that with you. So most stock markets and things like that and CDs, bank returns, investments, or dividends, unless you're in an aggressive count, you're talking maybe sometimes 4% return if you're playing it safe. This is your playing it safe. This is you not running across the street without looking both ways. This is you playing, playing it safe. You're making some safe investments and things like that, and you're expecting maybe a 4%, 6%, 8% return or something like that over a year. Now, awesome, if you have money, meaning that the investment amount is large enough to benefit you with the little dividends or reapings that you yield from your investment over the long haul. Take $100, for example. We're going to use 4% because that was the number I was using earlier in my head and when I was doing my figures. So let's just say you have $100. You invest $100. 4% of $100 is what? $4. I'm not going to wait a year for $4. $4, I mean, it's, that's a coffee and a pack of cigarettes or something, right? Maybe a Happy Meal. But let's say $1,000 at 4%. Now you're looking at what? $40. Let's look at $10,000 at 4%. How much is that? I got a calculator right here, just so I make sure I'm getting my numbers right. Let me just do that. Let me just, before I get too far off, I hate to be sitting here talking for 20 minutes, and then everybody's like, whoa, 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 his mouth, mouth, math is all the way off. All right, so we got $100, right? Let's take 40% of that. Well, not 40%, but 4%. $100, 40, 4%. Come on, work with me. Harnin. Oh, heh <laughs> Four dollars, right? Let's take a thousand dollars. Four percent interest. Forty dollars, right? Now let's take ten thousand dollars at four percent interest. Four hundred dollars. You see where this is going? Now let's look at $100,000 at 4% interest return, right? $100,000. You get $4,000 at 
interest at $100,000. So what am I saying? I'm saying, yeah, 4% is awesome if you have a $100,000 investment. If you don't have a $100,000 investment, you're better off picking your nose and, 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 and dancing for the circus. Or you take your $1,000 investment and you develop another source of income, whether that's starting a business, um, selling a service, getting some type of branding. But you use that money to develop another income stream. That is the best investment that you could do at $1,000 until you reach $100,000. When you reach $100,000, you can do that. Because, see, here's the thing. As they say, the more money you have, the more money you make, which is true. The math shows $100,000, a 4% gives you $4,000. Now, let's say you have... $500,000, right? Or let's just say you have five $100,000 investments at 4% interest. $20,000. That's dang near close to what most people live on a year. You could get that in interest. See what I'm saying? So the thing is, you want to get your income up to a point that you can make an investment of $100,000 if you want to sit back and really generate some serious passive income. Because I'm going to tell you what, for me, I can live off $25,000 a year. I've done it. I've lived off less than that. I'm sure many of you out there could figure out a way to make that work, especially if you don't have to work for it. Because what could you do with that time? Shoot, anything else you did would be good to the gravy. So it's that's this is the reason why they reinvest and feed the investment. So even if you only have a thousand dollars invested, and then you grow it to five thousand dollars and ten thousand dollars and you know thirty thousand dollars. But here's the thing: by the time you do all that, you could have easily started a company, started another income stream you know, bought some equipment, rented it out, made your money back and be good because you still have to live. So only the only people that really get to sit back and count their laurels are people investing at the $100,000, $500,000 mark. At that level, then you could get a generate a year's salary in interest doing nothing. Only at that level. The other levels, best thing to do is to take your money and start a small business, create a product, write a book, spend a thousand dollars in ads, you know, cover design, promoting your book, writing another book. Because see, here's the thing. Once you get your money to a certain point, it starts to work for you. You know, I mean, you could, you could, like I said, I mean, you know, you got people out here, you be like, okay, yeah, well, you take a hundred dollars, you flip this and you make it thousand. Yeah, yeah, do that. Do that to get to a hundred thousand. But until you get to a hundred thousand, you still got work to do. 50,000, 80,000, you still got work to do. But once you're at that $100,000 investment, you could actually do something with that chunk of change. So you could sit here right now and say, okay, well, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to save $5,500 a year. Okay. For, let's, let's, let's do the math. Let's do the math. Let's, let's, I got the calculator. I had to unlock it. 
Okay, so somebody says they're going to save $5,500 a year, right? All right, for 12 years. Okay, $66,000. That's nothing. That's nothing. If you wanted to even get $100,000 to invest, to get $4,000 back every year, at $5,500, you would have to, to save that for how many years? Let's do 25 years. No, you don't even need 25 years. You need 18, let's see, 19, let's see, 17, wait, 17.5. Uh, let's see the 18. Will it give me 18? Let's see 19. About 19 years. You would have to do that for 19 years, save $5,500 every year to even get $100,000. It's $104,000 it would give you. $104,500. But here's the thing. I don't have 20 years to wait for something to, you know, to keep saving and just throwing money in to get to that point. No, I'm trying to get there rapidly. Actually, I'm trying to get there realistically, realistically within the next five years. Within the next five years with the plan. Now, what is my plan? The plan is to generate more income streams. First thing is to do is to start generating enough income to where I can get out of my day job. Because, see, once I get out of my day job, then I'll have more time to generate other streams of income. But here's the thing. It's not all about the hours. I may have just enough hours on the weekend to do just that thing. You know, you, you go to your job, right? You go to your job, you spend all day, maybe you get four or five things done, you get certain specific tasks done, but a lot of times you're just in there spinning your wheels. But how much of the time do you spend actually being productive and getting results that you're going for? Probably not. It doesn't take you 40 hours to do it in a week. Maybe a good 13 of those hours are spent and they're, they're profitable and they actually get you the results you want. So that's the thing. When you start your own business and you're working for yourself, you may not need 40 hours a week to get that 40 hour week income because you're doing something that you actually enjoy and you're working at a higher level of thinking. You're not thinking like an employee. You're thinking like a boss. You're thinking about money. That's why they hire you. These companies, they're like, you know what? We don't have the time to do all that stuff. We're gonna hire this guy for some peanuts and freaking popsicles to do all this hard work. And we're just gonna sit back, take this big check give him a little piece of it. I'm going to just tell you how it works for my job. I'm going to tell you how it works because I've seen some of the figures. I've been seeing the figures for years, but I'm going to just tell you how it works. And you look at your job and just see. So when I go meet with somebody, we're talking maybe an hour. That could be $189. That the company earns. Do you think I get $189 for that hour? Heck no. And then when you multiply that by how many people you see and how much all this extra paperwork and all this other stuff you do, nowhere near you get do you get paid what you actually do for the company you're working for. So yeah, they're ripping us off. But here's the thing. Everybody gets ripped off at some point. But don't just sit there and get raped, you know, for no reason. Have a plan. You say, okay, this is the situation. 
they're ripping me. Yeah, you got bills, you got all these things to pay, but you've probably worked enough and earned enough to pay that over for somebody else. But had you been working for yourself, all that money would have been yours and you could have done with it what you wanted to. That's the thing. So when you start getting into it, you, you definitely, your mindset shifts. It's got to shift. Higher level of thinking. But um, that's just a little, little something for you to think about. I mean, maybe you're already there. Shoot, maybe you're, maybe you're some billionaire listening to my podcast learning English. I mean, if you are, hey, awesome, awesome, awesome. But if you're not and you're like me and you're 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 in the in the process of making great changes in your life, then I pat you on the back. I say let's get there together. I get the information, I'm gonna definitely share it with you. Now every podcast you know isn't about money and things, but this is just what I'm on. I mean, you want to talk about something else? You bring it to me. Um we'll 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 chop it up. I mean, I'm also reading a book, a good book, good story book uh, in Russian. And it's got an interesting plot. I'm going to see how it plays out. It's pretty graphic. I'm going to say it's a graphic novel. So far, you got this naive girl in there getting handled by some gargantuan. And nobody seems to know what to do. Like, I don't understand why she hasn't called the cops, told the brother, done anything to help herself. She's just getting handled. Not saying she likes it. She doesn't enjoy it. But she's getting handled and she isn't really making it difficult to do. So this is strange. So it's going to end up being one of them Stockholm Syndrome things where, you know, her captor, you know, ends up being the person she falls in love with. But that's just how it is with some of these stories. A female wrote it, surprisingly. But on that one, I'll catch you in the next one. And I'm out.